0: my marriage broke down so I lost I gave up a well-paid job my marriage crumbled and I was on my own I was used to earning big money Mm. um, as an employee and uh, the only option left to me was to start my own business and I did it with two grand of borrowed money on my credit card I got a load of business cards a ten-page website and I networked like hell I ran away to Dubai hence being at the Burj Khalifa, I ran away from debts, problems and life in the UK. It, it was a considered move to throw myself off the Burj Khalifa. Mm. I'd gone on the internet to look at painless ways to kill yourself. Mm. One of the reasons why more men than women kill themselves that 75% of suicides are male, because mm. we don't ask for help. Actually, business is not important. Money's not important. There's two things I've found in life that are important one is the health, and one is your um, relationships. Because it isn't all about acquisition of wealth and money, mm. and, and there is the reward I was involved with an orphanage over in Albania and just taking some Christmas presents there with the Litlands up to five years of age. Mm. I mean, that, that is just as rewarding mm. as growing a business. To 15 million turnover that I did once in the past.
1: Perhaps we just need to redefine what success means.
2: I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions. Okay, welcome to a very special edition of the County Business Talks podcast. Today we have something a little different. Um, I have some support on this side of the studio with my amazing co-host, the wonderful Joe baldwin Trotz delight to have you with me Joe. Oh, ever, cool. everyone thanks, will remember Sam. from uh, from series 2 our fantastic episode which we have got some amazing feedback and I know we've been talking about doing something together for a, for a while and I'm really excited that we're going to do this so but I'd like you to introduce our, our, our guest if you can Joe.
1: I will with with pleasure. Yeah, thanks Sam. Great to be here and back on the uh, back on the podcast with you sitting this side of the desk. I know this it's is almost awesome. like a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> our guest today on County Podcasts is Rob Goddard rob owns uh, four businesses now he is trying to retire he has six children two sets of twins
2: twins twins we've got four we've we've got there
1: are four sets of twins in the room <laughs> at least na- more
0: children than businesses. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he's an author of many books uh ceo and founder of evolution cbs which is a highly successful multi-million pound advisory firm in the uk and uae uh, since 2002 Rob has been responsible for the sale of nearly 400 privately owned UK businesses mm-hmm. totaling over 2 billion in transaction values. He's trained over 6,000 business leaders, big numbers Rob, <laughs> 6,000 business leaders um, and brings over 35 years of experience to helping business owners.
0: That's why I have a lot of grey hair. <laughs> Not that bad. It's when you list those numbers, you think, <laughs> "My goodness." Sorry, I
1: just had another one.
3: <laughs> At least um, you still got your hair. <laughs> <right. Yeah. laughs> That's why I have to keep wearing the hats.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, Rob also works on more philanthropic and altruistic projects and causes, especially in the area of depression and suicide. His signature talk and his book, called "Suicide to Success," is a very personal story of his own battle with depression which led to a suicide attempt and his fight back to win and triumph over adversity to lead to a fulfilling, filled life with fun. Welcome, you, Rob Goddard. You've
0: done well to encapsulate me <laughs> in 90 <laughs> seconds. Well, wow. i just trying to keep up the standards that here. Sounds you know? exhausting. <laughs> it was exhausting listening to it. Wow, but well, what what, what, a, what a journey!
2: What's
1: left? Well, that's it. I think we can just finish that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, as they say, yeah, yeah, that's a wrap. <laughs> great to have, great to have you, Rob. I mean, I personally am very excited to speak to Rob because, as you know, Sam, um, Rob is part of the Being Fine book, um, which I'm already plugging shamelessly. Um, awesome, but uh, and I believe we
2: may have some copies here. We, did we, we do, did we, did we and they're available
1: co- on Amazon, obviously. But yeah, here goes. Sam, you, haven't, you um, haven't had a new copy. Uh, of these. I'm I'm good Let's give you one of those. Being fine. <laughs> second edition. <laughs> awesome. um, so I'm really excited to be part of this. Thanks for inviting me. So Amazing. Great to have you, Rob.
2: Pleasure. Well, look, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna jump straight in. I've been uh, asking, well, basically, a lot of my guests that come on. I want to try and <clears throat> understand a little bit about what life was like growing up for you, really, and something about your upbringing that has shaped who you are today? Mm. Well, I was born in Islington. Hackney. But Hackney Hackney
0: and Islington are not what they are today. (laughs) I was born in the 60s, and it was a depressed area of London. And uh, my earliest memories um, was mum and dad working, actually. Mm. I was what I think some sociologists call a latchkey child in that generation, Mm. where you had both parents working. So I think some of my work ethic has come from my mum and dad. And they would be classed as working class, working class family Mm. that became middle class for those people that are interested in, in, in those sorts of things. But they did it through work. So there was this aspirational thing that I picked up. Not that Mum and Dad ever talked about it, but just watching them and and the example.
2: What what did they do for a living? Were they Uh, entrepreneurs?
0: Well, Dad, Dad in the sixties worked. uh, He was a manager of a booking office, uh, um, a uh, betting office in Baker Street. Um, But he was really good with numbers, and then he trained as a bookkeeper and accountant. So he moved from running a betting shop to becoming an accountant for a large multinational business. And that 's what caused us that job caused us to move out of London, part of the London Overspill in the late '60s to go and live in leafy Hampshire in Basingstoke, that new town that was created with forty eight roundabouts. <laughs> 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 um, so we, we, we grew up in a village just outside Basingstoke, so yeah, so th- Dad had made that trip. Dad would always say that he 's working class because he works for a living,, uh, Okay. Uh, regardless of whether it was a profession or not or. Um, but I think my work ethic I got from mum and dad.
2: Mm. And, and what, wh- growing up, did you, what was your aspiration? What did you want to be? What was your, uh, uh, is it, is it? Well,
0: I had a crush on my geography teacher in <laughs> secondary school. <So laughs> I, I to be Me a car- too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <Not> the same <laughs> was We, the we didn't same go same one? to the same yeah. school, just <laughs> <laughs> to clarify. But I, yeah. So I, I want to do really well in geography. So I used to shade in my maps in my homework and, you know, to try and get an A rather than a B. Um, so I want to become a cartographist. Um, to a uh, map maker well, okay. um, then I failed geography because <laughs> I couldn't persuade the examiner like I could, could the teacher so I was always good with numbers I think I got that from my dad and uh, so I wanted to become a bank manager and what I had in my mind's eye as a bank manager was oak panelled office being able to smoke in my office cigars <laughs> and a typing pool outside because that's what banking was yeah. in the 70s um, by the time I became, I did go into banking, and by the time I became a bank manager, that had all gone. <laughs> and uh, no, no smoking in offices. They had computers instead of people who typed. <laughs> um, and it was a very different world. But I, would, I spent 18 years in banking. And I realized after 18 years I wasn't a banker. I was a salesman. But the bank gave me a really good broad knowledge and experience of the working environment from a c- corporate perspective. And I did well. I progressed. But I can remember the first, first week in the bank, they send you away on an induction course in uh, a very leafy part of Oxfordshire, uh, a big mansion. And in that first week, they wanted you to plan out your 40 years in that west, which is who I worked for with five-year milestones, your 40-year career. So wow. there was the assumption you'd stay with them for 40 years. Wow. F- five-year milestones, what you'd be doing, what you'd be achieving, what you'd be earning. Wow. Some might say that that was indoctrination. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> and the world of work has moved on now. People don't stay in the same
2: company for 40 years. Yeah. Wow. But I, I couldn't, for me personally, that would be, yeah, that'd be my worst no. nightmare. I think, it, no, life I, is very different yeah. now. But that was, that's
0: what it was when i joined but i realized after 18 years i wasn't cut out to be a banker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i also suffer from dyslexia and dyscalculia which is which is a bad thing if you if you reverse numbers with dyscalculia means you're not very good on the till <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would often get things wrong my till would be wrong so uh, my manager at the time said uh, we'll take you off the till and i'll give you a clipboard and a load of access Card application forms that prior to Mastercard. I want you to go in the banking hall the lunchtime and sell credit cards. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> I loved the approach. Sometimes you get abuse from customers, who are saying you should get behind <laughs> that <Yeah>. blooming till. <laughs> <to stop. laughs> but I, I enjoyed that interacting with people mm. and offering a service that might help them. It was better than sitting behind the till. Mm. And so that's why I realised I was a salesperson, but in a banking environment. So that's the first half of my working life was banking.
2: So, so talk to us about that then. like right, that, starting your own businesses and you, yeah, of entrepreneur. Where where was that switch then for you? because like, I'm, I'm assuming listening to you talk there that that didn't come from me. I didn't think to yourself, oh, I'm going to run my own business one day. And it was well, I'm going to get into banking and done that for 18 years. Where did the switch?
0: So I, I had a year in a commune in California with my young family and first wife, and that was a boot camp for me, going from bank manager to charity worker yeah. for a year, mm-hmm. living in a co- uh, community with uh, 90 other Christians, wow. uh, running a food ministry. Came back, and then I went, I did, knew I didn't want to go back into banking, but I needed a job, mm-hmm. and, so I, I started work, I worked for a marketing company, and then I got headhunted into the world of mergers and acquisitions. So it was a one and a half million turnover business. I was appointed as GM, general manager, to grow it from one and a half mil. And I took that business to 15 million turnover in seven years. And then I realized, actually, I can like well, A, I'm not a numpty, I can do <laughs> <Yeah>. this, <laughs> B am really enjoying it, and, I, and, and in fairness to the owners, they gave me the freedom to treat it like my own business, but it wasn't, because I wasn't a shareholder, mm. but they did give me a lot of freedom, and I'll always be grateful to them for that, mm. um, and then uh, in 2008, um, I parted company with them because I thought, do you know what, I can do this myself, Mm. I can be a shareholder of my own company, I can have as much holiday as I like, pay myself what I like, (laughs) I can go first class on (laughs) trains. I'm not accountable to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was a week before uh, the banking crisis started and the world went mad. Um, I also, my marriage broke down, so I lost, I gave up a well-paid job my marriage crumbled, and I was on my own. Mm. And that's what started, what became a five-year period of um, depression and a really dark place that Mm. many people listening to this, I'm sure, have been in or are in at the moment. Mm. And um, so I never chose to work for myself. Well, I kind of did in my mind's eye, Mm. but actually the reality was, because I couldn't get a job I I was used to earning big money Mm. um, as an employee and uh, the only option left to me was to start my own business and I did it with two grand of borrowed money on my credit card I got a load of business cards a ten page website and I networked like hell because I didn't have working capital really Mm. and uh, that business I recently exited from all but ten percent but so I didn't really choose self-employment I think I went into it with the wrong mindset mm. mm-hmm. or m- m- misconceived so it wasn't as if oh this is the, the great thing I want to do is, is is become a multimillionaire through owning and growing my own business
1: mm.
0: Mm. It, it wasn't that it was necessity rather than vision if I'm being honest
1: mm. and, and how have you found so obviously there's a re, there's a core reason generally why people start a business um, and with a view to offering what you could to people listening, obviously the listeners and, and watchers of this um, podcast, uh, what would what would you offer now, having obviously mentored so many mm. entrepreneurs? Um, what, what sort of nuggets of advice and, and in hindsight would you think would have helped you at that time create perhaps a healthier business or a healthier you in the business? Mm. Um, what, are there any points that you see now that defined that path, sadly, to depression and... Yeah.
0: So, so I did it through necessity. I guess if I had my time again, my my advice would be <coughs> to find your core purpose, yep. the reason why. Yeah. Perhaps go to someone like you, Joe, <laughs> <laughs> and start that process. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Because
2: yeah.
0: it, it's the hardest job in the world is working for yourself.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. you
0: don't know when you're going to get paid forget about lots of
2: holidays
0: (laughs) you're working 24 7 and even if you do go on holiday you take the mobile and the laptop with you or at least i've i have done Mm. for far too long um so definitely think about it before you jump into i do get people at events exhibitions coming up to me and say what advice would you give i'm I'm thinking about leaving a job Mm. and starting my own business Mm. and i why don't you do it as a side hustle first of all mm. this idea because mm. A you might not like it B you might not be able to sell what you're producing <laughs> and therefore um, and also it, it's about backing both horses so don't be too ready to jump think about it and understand your motivation for doing it because mm. it's hard isn't it to work for yourself yep. it is re- very rewarding
3: yep.
2: but it's a hard journey mm. I, I completely agree with actually and I, I guess for me there's, there's that when sometimes you can, you can get a little bit. You see all the lights. People go, "We're oh, going to run your own business. I'm going to do it like exactly that preconception. Well, I'm going to be my own boss. I haven't got to answer to anyone. I haven't got to. Do it. Amazing, mm. but then actually, you, you've got to answer to everyone because you're wearing so many hats. You're doing all the different, especially programs, clients, especially clients, <laughs> especially clients. And it can. It is. Uh, it's not, and it's not for everyone. I think that's the that's the message. It's not actually being a entrepreneur running your own business isn't actually for everyone it is it is quite a tough a a tough journey as much as yeah
0: i reckon it's the toughest profession having done Mm. both corporate Mm. life and and this i know what the harder job is you do have to be dogged we were talking about it earlier weren't we you have to be dogged you can't just give up Mm. particularly if you've got a business that employs people because now you've got the added responsibility of other people's livelihoods Mm. you know you're not a solopreneur anymore and you feel that weight on your shoulder mm. having employees mm. because they've got mortgages to pay and mm, financial commitments. So if you muck up and, and make poor decisions running your own business, now you're answerable to the staff mm. not only your clients. Yeah. <laughs> Am I putting people off? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> that's one,
2: one... I mean, just before we come up, you sort of said, oh, what, what is it that you want to get out, and, uh, out of the podcast? What is it yeah. for? And actually, this is... Ultimately, what it is for is trying to have these honest conversations about stuff because it, it, it. I think, especially nowadays with social media, hustle culture, it can be. It, it's, it can be glamorised. Everyone it can is. be an entrepreneur now, yeah. and it's really glamorised.
1: Oh, from your phone on the sofa, yeah. you, know, you could do, create a business oh, on the bus, can't you? Really, do you, know do
0: you get onto to one of my favourite topics, Joe, of the um, preneurs, right? Mm-hmm. That sell gosh, courses, gosh. usually ending in a seven. Thanks, Mike, win it. Uh, Usually an a seven. A couple of grand. For a couple of grand, I can show you how to become a multimillionaire within three months or less. It's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes years and years. It took me five years to break the half million turnover on my first business. Five years to mm. get to over half a million. And only 3% of businesses turn over more than half a million. Oh, yeah. So it takes years. It isn't weeks and months um so definitely going back to your point joe definitely think about very carefully your core purpose mm. why are you doing it yeah. the second thing i would do differently is take advice more readily from day one from others mm. it took me a little while i was mm. doing it all myself yeah. yeah strong guy you know i can do this you know. yep. self-confidence actually yeah. i should have opened myself up to other people um both on a paid basis, but also on a friendship basis that we're in business. Because mm. there's so much wealth of knowledge, isn't there, and expertise mm. available for the for the price of a pint.
2: <laughs> well, look, we, we speak often and over a coffee or whatever, but exactly mm. that, that, reaching out to people, and actually we're, we're fortunate to be in an amazing community here, aren't we, yeah. in like Sussex in general, but Brighton especially. It's an amazing community, isn't it, which we're both part of. And you do like I, I'm. The, I'm similar. I listen to you talk, Bob, and It's very similar. You sort of think to yourself, you know, I'm very proud, man. I can do. I can do this. I don't need. I actually asking for help is the bravest thing you can do. It
0: is, and particularly, dare I say it for us blokes, the feel that we're making ourselves vulnerable. Yeah. I know yeah. that's a favourite topic of yours. So. Yeah, and 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 somehow it's weak, mm. and it isn't mm. actually. It shows inner strength, yeah. and I i've now i've gone over that hump years ago and i love spending time with other business owners other people in the business world just talking chatting listening and and invariably glean a thing or two just by having a conversation like we did this morning yeah yeah so that's that's part of the enjoyment now but yeah those two key things
1: I think that's fed really nicely onto a topic that I know Sam and I really want to talk about today um, is the I- this idea the ideology of success. If there's a book title that w- that is one, um, because I it seems that that is part of the problem. stroke also solution, but you know the the root of it is that there's this perception that, um, sorry, the belief that we've got to perceive ourselves and, and let the world see us, a mask that is put on, that we're successful. Mm. Um, and you and I network a lot, Sam, mm. and and um, obviously my work, I can see beneath the mask. But uh, so many people are putting on this mask, I'm, I'm running a successful business. Yeah. So th- I think, you know, you mentioned the mask in your chapter and being fine, and, it, and that's one, one of the reasons why you were, you wanted to be in the book was that you you wore that mask for a long time in your business um can I just ask what what was going on behind the mask and and um obviously sadly you took yourself on your two you you were going up the Burj Khalifa on a very contrived you arranged the trip to the Burj Khalifa um with a with a tour guide and took yourself up to the top of it and then tried to get out of the top of the the Burj Khalifa to to finish things um Obviously, that's very sad, di- mm. extreme, um, and if anyone is listening to this, I'm really aware that we just need to mention that the Samaritans, uh, My Black Dog, please reach out. If any of anything that is mentioned in this podcast um, gives any sense of real connection with you, if you're listening or watching, please reach out to uh, the Samaritans or any of the charities that are available, or... Um, as rob goes on to explain in a minute um hopefully his angel someone that's close to you um because the last thing we want to do in this is obviously um trigger anyone but what what was that last th- the chunk of your life then um and what we, what were you covering up under the mask the real me okay i
0: i think was it shakespeare that said the the world's a stage everyone are actors and the world's a stage nice. sort of thing so i think most, most people put on a, pe- a performance or an actor or take on a mask in some degree or other because mm-hmm. we don't want the, the outer world to know what we're really like. It's part of the problem with social media. We, show our, we live our best life on social mm-hmm. media or quite often people do and th- I think it sometimes it's overused now about being authentic but it, it, is, it is true mm-hmm. that we do need to be ourselves like it or lump it, not every, I, I've, I've, I've learned eventually that not everyone loves me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Most yeah, people that. are <laughs> mediocre towards <laughs> me in the world <laughs> and some don't like me at all, um, but that's fine. So <clears throat> I, I, I think it was putting on, particularly in sales, having spent 40 years in sales environments, you, you're putting on this performance, you're an actor to some degree. Mm so it it was natural it was a learned technique really to be who I thought the prospect wanted me to be a chameleon (laughs) I was an effective salesperson I was really good at this (laughs) Um, but it's mechanical and scientific whereas what I've been doing for some time now is just being my real self and that comes out in LinkedIn posts and videos and exhibitions and places that I talk at. It's mm-hmm. just being robbed. And people can see through the rest. So I was hiding myself. And during that period of time, I ran away to Dubai, hence being at the Burj, Burj Khalifa. I ran away from debts, problems, and life in the UK. I did a geographic, as once someone once said. Mm-hmm. Went to Dubai, never been to Dubai, never been to the Gulf don't really like the desert. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to get away and start a fresh chapter. But of course the problem is all my problems came on the plane with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) on Emirates Airlines. Um, So I spent a year out in Dubai and the depression got worse because what I'd done is take myself away from support networks, Mm -hmm. family, friends, and people who care. And yeah, I did end up, uh, it it was a considered move to throw myself off the Burj Khalifa. Mm -hmm. Um, I even worked out with my trusty calculator how long it would take me before I hit the ground, and it'd yes. be thirteen seconds at terminal velocity. So that's quite a quick way. Because I'd, I'd gone on the internet to look at painless ways to kill yourself; those were the search words. I wanted to go ahead with it, and I didn't want it prolonged, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't rescued, and make sure it didn't go on for hours because someone might rescue me. So I thought the bird's cliff would be straightforward. The thing, the reason I'm still living and breathing talking with you today is that uh, there was a locked fire exit on the hundred and whatever floor it was, 123rd floor. I don't know why someone locks a fire exit door, but they did on that day. It was, it had only been open a year, I think, at that point, the Burj Khalifa. But thankfully, someone did. And uh, so I came back down on the lift from Burj Khalifa, thinking I couldn't even my own life but my next action was to get in contact with someone called Alex who you refer to as my angel mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was he's a he, he's a normal bloke he hasn't got wings and he hasn't got a halo um, and he came over and uh, we spent four days he's a uh, business coach or was a business coach in those days and and, and a life coach as well mm-hmm. it was about the person rather than the business yeah. And we spent four days together at my apartment and uh, he looked in the fridge and he, he said there's nothing green in your fridge <laughs> it's all beer <laughs> or meat <laughs> um, um but it was great because he asked me particularly poolside he asked me some really searching questions um, about what do I really want in life mm. so he was going back to core purpose and the reason for being and um, and I mentioned money I said I want to earn a six-figure sum again (laughs) because that's all gone Um, and I want this I want that and he just asked why he kept drilling down Mm. so after those four days with Alex he went back and then I tied up loose ends and I came back to Britain and faced my problems faced my debts my issues and with alex met with him regularly and there was a few other friends as well that used to meet with for coffees or beers or whatever it was or lunch i needed that support network one of the reasons why more men than women kill themselves 75 percent of suicides are male Mm. because we don't ask for help going back to the original thing so that was my um journey yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with Dubai. Anyone listening to this is, <laughs> <laughs> is living in Dubai. Dubai is a wonderful place. I was the problem. Dubai wasn't the problem. It was me. Um, when I came back, I started my own business, which is the one that I exited from a couple of years ago. Um, but I needed that experience in Dubai to go through, I think, to make me a stronger person, mm. decide what I really wanted in life. Because I know when Alex said, what do you really want? My initial response was, I don't really know. He said, but if you did know, what would it look like? Because he knows I'm a visual person, not an audio person. So he got me to describe in picture form what life would be like. So, yeah, so I came back, and that business grew over the next few years. That grew um, uh, so well in the UK that we wanted to open up an international office. So the first place I thought of was Dubai, because I wanted to go back. And Mm. kill a few ghosts. (laughs) So in 2016, I went back there and opened up the UAE office. And that was my—I could have picked anywhere, really. There's plenty of other places actually that are not so dusty, not so hot in the summer. (laughs) It had to be Dubai for me. And I can remember flying uh, across every six weeks. I did it for four years. I I commuted to Dubai every six weeks. I can remember the terminal doors at Terminal Three—the doors opening. And feeling that warmth from the Dubai climate, thinking, I'm back. <laughs> and I did it for six weeks. Uh, uh, did it every six weeks. That, for me, was so pleasurable. Mm. Apart from obviously growing a business. But I needed to face my um, ghosts. Mm. That's um, a long... <laughs> I don't know whether I've covered what the question think, was. Uh, more, more than, I think.
1: Um, <laughs> and that's a that's a really... Powerful, yeah.
0: That's the Dubai experience yeah, for me. No,
1: thank
2: you. Thank, honestly, thank you for sharing. I think, like I say, trying to create this space to for people to actually be as open and honest as that, and there's so many things that have come to my mind. One, I'm just am just keen to, if I can go to that point that you you got there, where you went to the the Burj Khalifa. Leading up to that, your mind server Was it literally because of debts and stuff and and the financial pressures that got you to that stage it did
0: yeah and partly because I went out um, I was self-employed commission only in Mm. Dubai Um, going back to something I used to do which was be uh, an IFA I was a a wealth manager Mm. under the umbrella of a company but they don't give you a salary you you know you you eat what you kill Mm. and I had no network of friends and support network so I mean I was I was really (laughs) it was hardcore And the temperatures that people have been out there for six months of the year is, for a British person born in Hackney, (laughs) quite unbearable. Um, So, yeah, so my problems got bigger because I gave myself some new problems on top of the ones I thought I'd left behind. Mm. It just got too much and I couldn't find a way out. And when you can't find a way out, one of the options you think about is, look, the only thing I could control is whether I'm breathing or not. The only when you're depressed or when I I can't speak for the rest of the world when I was depressed it felt like my my picture was it was a black cloud that come and goes as it wants so I had no control over the depression how I felt Mm -hmm. even with prescribed drugs medication rather Um, when when that when depression happens and you don't feel in control you feel something less than human mm. that some somehow you've lost control over your and i'd always been in control of my life i've been a bank manager for goodness sake <laughs> 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 i used to control other people's lives <laughs> with loans and overdrafts and staff for the first time in my life when i was 45 i was out of control i was in not in control that's a horrible place to be and even with children i wrote um I compiled a death diary, which has was helped me get some of my feelings and angst and turmoil on paper so I could get back to sleep at four in the morning. I, it, it gave me a, an outlet to write things down. I called it a death diary, sort of black humour, really. But that death diary I kept, and then I committed it. When I came back to the UK a few years down the line, I stu- typed it up. And that became what became a book, Mm. Suicide to Success. And uh, it was uh, uh, someone who said to me, because I kept up my C drive for two years because I didn't want the world to know. For me, it was just a personal thing. It was a diary I put onto my laptop. Mm. But uh, someone close to me said, why? Why didn't you share this? I said, because I don't want to be seen as vulnerable and weak. You know this is I'm in the business world I don't want people thinking less of me because I've gone through a a, a really difficult period and and she said rubbish (laughs) get over yourself Rob Goddard Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so I published it and uh, had it rewritten properly (laughs) but it it, in more of a story format so it was cathartic for me Mm. and I've given that book out so many times at events on one-to-ones, because I've, I've been in, um, talked to people about selling their business, but sometimes they don't need to sell their business because I, I want to find out why are they selling their business. Mm. Don't want to talk about numbers or accounts or P&Ls. Why? Why sell, why now? Mm. Sometimes it's because their life is rubbish. Mm. And they want to change their life. So the only thing, as a business owner, the only thing they see is, I'll I'll finish one chapter by selling the business and start something new with some cash on the hip. But that may not be the right motivation, and often isn't. So now, uh, when I'm sitting down with business owners, I'm trying to understand, through questioning and listening, what is their motivation, and what are they looking to do, and what do they want to achieve, and how do they want to do it? And, And, yeah, so it's really these. Um, soft issues I'm concentrating on. I can talk the hard issues, I can talk numbers till the
2: cows come out. But do, do, do you think, like, oh, I'm so interested to look because uh, uh, the, the narrative, hopefully, is starting to shift and starting to change a little bit. But that we do celebrate soft skills, we do celebrate people like you being brave enough to come on and one write your book in the first place, but come on, he's Type of um, podcast and able to share your story openly and honestly, um, because by people doing that, I'm I'm keen to just again back at the time you didn't you didn't share any of those feelings with anyone else at at the time, other than obviously Alex when you when you did
0: Alex definitely yeah, but but even not the full extent with Alex because I didn't want to spook him. (laughs) I certainly didn't tell him at the time that I tried to throw myself off the world's tallest building. thought I'd keep that back
2: (laughs) well so even when he was helping you he knew I he
0: he knew I was in a bad way but I didn't give him the full story I gave him 90 percent
1: so so that it was almost fear of what he would take on which
0: I don't want to skip quite often people don't ask for help because they don't want to burden the other person Uh, yeah I had it last week with um, a friend a really good friend and a business owner yeah and he's got into problems um with VAT he could have spoken to me last year, mm. could have nipped mm. it in the bud, mm. but he didn't, and, and they said, why didn't you pick up the phone to me, I would go for a chat, mm. I didn't want to burden you.
1: Yeah.
0: So we've got to get, as a group of people, we've got to get over this,
1: well, and because we do want to help, don't we? Well, and as you mentioned earlier, especially as men, and obviously yes. having published Being Fine and speaking to around 30 authors in total, Yeah. Um, obviously 14 are in the book, Um but that that The two things that hold people back from being really honest with themselves, men, were burden and shame.
0: Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: So that's what kept the mask on. Um, Yeah. But burden is a really powerful one um, because I think that that is, especially as a dad, um, I'm going to be just say, as a dad with Mm. children um, and culturally, where the man, the the guy is the one, is generally, on average, the main breadwinner. Um, so supporting the family financially, and um yeah I think this is a really important sort of topic mm-hmm. and um of of you know actually the bu- the burden and I, what I would offer it, i'm just feeling to just throw this one in I won't come back to you robert um actually the burden when for your partner um and I don't know if this was the case with you, Robert, the burden for for people that can witness it and see it but that you're not sharing to is way bigger than actually you opening up because the person who's, and I feel like this is uh, a timely moment to mention this in the podcast, but um, if anyone is listening to this and this relevant to, but by not sharing it, the person who loves you and looks at you every day or perhaps it's a colleague or if you're not married, but generally a partner, um, that burden of not knowing what your loved one is going through is, will be way heavier than hearing the truth I can promise you that it is um and what what was that like for you Rob obviously because you were married at that stage still or, or was your no you sorry you'd left your wife but yes yeah um, um
0: so a period a number of years were a single suicidal thoughts depression mm. um and then I got remarried um and that that was helpful because that was I was coming off out of the trough mm. yeah. of depression and uh, sadly that marriage didn't last but, but I think peop- people come into your life for a reason, I really believe that um, so that, that helped me um, the person that has been consistent f- from start to finish has seen me through two marriages and a partnership is the person I married last year, <laughs> Christina Mm-hmm. third and final <laughs> she <laughs> told me that <laughs> um but she'd been a best friend for mm-hmm. years but mm-hmm. even christina i couldn't when i was in the depth of depression i mm-hmm. couldn't tell
3: mm-hmm.
0: i've only s- subsequent when i came back to the uk set up my own um uh business well just me it was a job <laughs> it isn't a business if it's just mm-hmm. me it's a job she came and worked for me part-time to sort out my admin. <laughs> and what we would do, sometimes I can remember just the emotion welling up in the office and, and, and crying. Mm. And so Christine would say, right, put the laptop down and we go for a coffee. Um, and I needed that. Mm. So I think we, we, need, we don't need loads of people to yeah. confide in, but yeah. one would, would be brilliant. Yeah. Two or three is fantastic.
1: And sometimes it's not the person that you obviously think, is it? Um Because no. I've, you know, I saw this recently on a LinkedIn post. I don't mm. think it was one of yours. Some, someone was sharing that um, the person they needed to share it with wasn't the w- their wife, although they were very close to their wife. They really felt they couldn't share it with their wife. Hopefully they've gone on to share it with them. But it's, it's mm. worth broadening your horizons and thinking, actually, I know there's someone there to listen to me. Um, and that's yeah. really key, there will be someone, there mm. will definitely be someone, but it might not be the obvious person.
0: Well that, that, that taps into the uh, associated topic of living for today, mm. and living in the present, because we can miss these opportunities mm. to, yeah. to share. And it may not be that you share with someone else, it might be that they need someone. So Alex uh, was listening to me, but also you. I can be an Alex to someone else. <laughs> Use that not yep. to stretch that analogy too far, but often we're so busy being busy, mm. we're not taking time out to listen to folk that we're inter It might only be a half an hour interaction. Mm. Might be someone on the train. Doesn't mm. have to be someone you've known for years. I think we've lost something of that as a, as a race of I've,
2: people. I think it's so much to do with the. Again, back to hustle culture. The thing that we're in this consumer society where we we feel that we constantly have got to strive for something. And if you're not working 18 hours a day, and you're not grafting, and you have not got these side hustles, and you're not doing, then you're not productive, and you're not successful, and et cetera, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. And that that BS, I guess <laughs> a lot. It's but definitely that BS. That, that
0: yeah. You don't. In fact, I I've said. And I, in fact, I said it yesterday. I've just taken on a, a salesperson in one of the companies um, that I'm involved with. I'm not interested in your input the hours that you work. Not interested. I'm interested in your output. I don't care if you're working 10 hours a week but smashing your targets. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> I know I'm different to some other employers but it isn't about the hours that you work. No. And uh, some people work long hours they're very highly active but highly unproductive. Yeah. Activity doesn't mean productivity and I I think you're right, definitely right. I think the 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 emphasis is too far the other way that you've got to work all hours that God sends in order to be successful, and you don't.
2: You really don't. I, I think because like, I'm, I'm definitely me and you have spoke about this, and I'm definitely one of those people who be, been guilty of that certainly in the past, and even probably still sometimes today. I'm, I'm trying to, I guess the podcast is my, my, my therapy. I guess is one of the reasons I love it so much, you know, and I'm I'm so inquisitive about, it, but because you do I, I would wear that. That ba- busyness is a badge of honour almost. Like, look at me. I'm still at three o'clock in the morning, uh, I'm still working. And then I was up at six, and then I've done this, and I've done uh, almost as if people go, oh, How are you getting on? So, yeah, really busy, really. Like, what, what, what is, so, what have uh, you achieved yeah, from yeah, work? Business. Busyness? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just actually a busy fool. But I, a, I'm,
0: I'm a recovering workaholic, so yeah. I'm not the, I don't want people thinking I'm the perfect example. Mm. I still have this gravitation to working hard. Which is why I'm trying to retire you, yeah. mis- uh, <laughs> I love work and I get a sense of purpose and identity and fulfillment from it, but I'm also very aware that too many hours can kill you. You can burn out well mm. too easy. I've got a client at the moment that I recognize he's thirty years of age, and I see the signs of someone burning themselves out mm. uh, at a younger age i God knows what it's like when you're 40 50 60 70 what, what signs are, do you know far too intense can't have conversations about other things other than business <laughs> um, and I, I asked him yesterday what motivates you he went money <laughs> really yeah <laughs> so really putting it to our conversation today so what is it about money then that you put it right at the top of the list and he associates it with success. He came from the financial services world, hedge funds and stuff. Mm. So I get, I, I get that environment, I'm familiar with that. But yeah, it, it's about, for me, it, it's about working hard in the pe- periods of time that you allow in the day and the week. Mm. But being productive, I cut out, I say no 80% of the time roughly on stuff. I get lots of stuff coming through my inbox and uh dm on linkedin some of which i respond to and um, when i do it it's it, it's a nice put it's a nice no yeah, <laughs> a nice <laughs> um spin. it's it's actually knowing what not to do as much as what you want to do because mm. C- we can go off in all directions can't we yeah because there's so many things you can do you can do
2: anything but you can't do everything in life so. that's really good about because I'm very <laughs> very much a yes man. Oh, well, uh, like, yes, yeah. So someone goes, oh, you want to do, yeah, 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 sounds yeah, like yeah a good yeah. idea. And then I go, <laughs> oh, am I going to put that in? But that's, th- th- there is a, my, my, I guess my slight caveat on that and the take on it is that actually, because I do look at life as an opportunity, so I do think if I say yes to that, that, there's sometimes great experiences come from that. But at the same time, listening to what you're saying and what I take away from it a lot is that you can't do everything
0: you can't. And some people get into trouble, particularly yeah. as they're old, when they're older yeah. and uh, maybe not in um, the best of health. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Stress is a killer. Long-term stress is a killer. Yeah. And uh, and also bad life scientists of eating habits and stuff like that, eating on the go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, I d- So it's, it's not what you put in. It's what you achieve. Mm. There are some really successful, wealthy people that don't work a full working week. Mm. Yeah. I've met a number of them, yeah. <laughs> but they are the minority.
1: Mm, yeah, well, and I, I think that brings on to that that cliche phrase, work life balance. Mm. How, if you think about it, what a ridiculous statement! Because work is life; they're not two separate things. And I, right. I feel this is part of the problem. Just, just sort of offer this one in that it, it's seen as your work and your life, and then your and then your life and then get the balance between the two. But actually, it's more about recognizing what your work is and how it needs to be part of your life. Mm, Um, Because it's not, you know, especially everyone here, we all work from the heart. What we Mm. do with our lives in work is from the heart. It's a personal calling and message and purpose. Um, And I feel like a lot of people do, especially I've noticed here from London, Mm. moving from London to here, more people do work from the heart is what i'd say they work um in the area they're passionate about so therefore why you don't have to make them a separation give yourself a break because i think that then there's a pressure of like well when do you end your day because you don't you because don't. Because if no. you're an entrepreneur, yep. you'll watch a podcast at night, or yep. you'll just check in on a LinkedIn. You know, on a Sunday, I end up on LinkedIn. Why? Mm. <laughs> I don't know, but it's interesting and it's better than reading BBC because it's more truthful, in my opinion. Um, but you know, there's there's lots of stuff I do which is work. Yeah. And so I can either attach myself, I can attach a I'm guilty of working on a Sunday, um, mentality to that, or I can say. This interests me because I work from the heart and therefore I give myself permission to happily look on LinkedIn on a Sunday, even though my kids want pancakes already. So all of this is part of an awareness, isn't it?
2: I just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors, Plus X. I've been a member for over two years now and the podcast studio here is the home to the County Business Talks podcast. Brighton is the perfect location to create, build and grow a business with role models and inspiration at every turn. It's no wonder that this has become a hotbed of innovation and entrepreneurialism. So if you're building your future here on the South Coast, there's no better place than Plus X Brighton. Seven stories of cutting-edge space, expertly designed to support all kinds of business, from newly started freelancers to large established corporates. With flexible, dynamic environment, ranging from co-working desks to private studios, their specialist facilities include a state-of-the-art prototyping workshop and media suites. They also maintain a community-focused event schedule and offer all kinds of business support programs, built for anyone who wants to make a change. Plus X has everything you need. Find out more at www.plusx.space. Okay, back to the episode. It is, yeah. It, it is. It's the holistic approach. You're right.
0: We can often compartmentalise life, but it isn't. You're one person. I'm a dad. And I have to work for a living. Yeah. And even though I technically, I don't need to now. I don't need to work. I can't think of anything more boring <laughs> uh, than not working. The pipe and slippers. I can remember my granddad retiring in 1970. He got the pewter. It wasn't even silver. He got the pewter bowl inscribed, thanking him for his 46 years service, law service, and a letter from the chairman. That was it. And then a state pension. I, uh, so he tended his chrysanthemums, and then he'd go with my gran <laughs> into town three times a week. That was retirement. Mm. So that for me, the retirement thing is a big issue cause because it's you're now You're trying
2: to retire, though, but yes. well, but like listening to you talk and obviously the, 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 with your experiences and knowledge and what you, how you help other people as well. Now, uh, do, do you think you're ever stopped st- and retire because what would you do what is what is is retirement yeah yeah what does retirement mean I mean
1: it doesn't doesn't it doesn't mean what you used to do
0: I ask that question to most of the business owners I meet that want to sell their business because we one of the the R word comes up quite often Mm -hmm. Um, either they say I'm not ready to retire or I'm ready to retire one of the two depends on how old they are usually and I said well what is retirement to you then Mm. And the only thing I can come up with that's quite um, helpful is it's the ability to choose not when to work and not to work and who to work with. And that's freedom. So I still work, even though I've got a proper job, haven't had for a couple of years. I'm as busy. <laughs> I, I what is a proper job? One, a, a proper job. One no, <laughs> <my> um, job where you're running a business <laughs> and you've got <isn't>. staff and, yeah, what's a proper job? Mine's <laughs> a potpourri of activity. Uh, some of it, though, we've just moved house. St. Joe, we moved house uh, last week. And it's got a, a decent-sized garden this time. First time ever. Mm. Um, and I've been watching YouTube. Where I follow 30-odd subscribers uh, 30 odd uh, content creators on just gardening <laughs> 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 right? and I love that on a Sunday as well right. well actually 7 days a week and I've decided having done my research on YouTube I want exotic plants hardy exotics um, so I bought 3 palm trees <laughs> and I've got a whole load, e- e- eBay and Amazon are daily deliveries now in New- and for the last week I want the exotic plant garden and uh, I want to we I've got koi carp because they're very relaxing to watch them but I don't want to watch them from above I want to watch them from the side so I've ordered a preformed um, big fish tank two and a half meters wide by two and a half meters deep with a, a viewing window <laughs> and but that's all activity <laughs> um, But it's stuff I'm choosing to do. I'm still doing business consultancy, business mentoring. I still speak at events. I'm involved with a few businesses on investment fundraising, helping businesses strengthen their balance sheet by having an external investor come in. So it's a potpourri of stuff. It's really busy. And Christina tells me, I work too hard. (laughs) And the problem is when you're only doing stuff that you want to do, it's really hard to give up mm. so I haven't got mm. to the end yet Sam at all on mm. this um, I'm a work in progress still I need to do less Christina calls it pottering I don't mind pottering in the garden mm. with, <laughs> the, with the with the, the but it's actually taking time out and not being so active because mm. I've had 40 odd years of being active and it's really hard to give up a habit
1: mm. well, so I guess being active, active differently is yeah it like but it's
0: worse when you you actually enjoy the things you're doing rather than yeah. having a job that you don't like yeah. you're only doing it to pay the bills yeah, yeah. that that is purgatory yeah.
2: there's a big there's a big difference between that that isn't there because if, if you're doing the things like you said we do things from the heart which we love doing actually i enjoy doing that so like me I'll, on a sunday night every sunday night i'll put the podcast mail shot that goes out and on a Monday morning and I'll put that together. But I love because yeah. I love doing this. Mm. I love the like what message is gonna go out and that, what quote's gonna go with that and I'll put that together and that's part. So if I am working on a Sunday and I do, is that a good thing? Don't know, I do need to be more present sometimes and et cetera, et cetera. But if you're doing the things that you love and you've got a mm. purpose, that's the key thing. It's not, the, the, the thing that I find tricky and I struggle with sometimes is the guilt feeling. Because running a business, you're it's always something to do. When I'm not working, I sometimes feel guilty for not working. You know? Yeah, Unless, uh, so That's
1: you're that's right. Baby or no. beast syndrome, I call that. What's that? So when your business is, is a baby or a beast, mm, yours okay. is a baby. You yeah, can't yeah. put it down. Cause yeah, you're scared yeah. something's going to mm. happen, and then it's going mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, struggle yeah, or yeah, get yeah. hungry or yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a yeah. business. It's yeah, still, yeah, yeah. still just a business. And yeah. I'm
2: I'm trying to get better because I think, and the other thing about you, you you mentioned earlier about being present. I think that's the, for me, again, that's... I know we spoke about it last time we had a coffee, didn't we? I said my goal this year is to try and achieve that. Be more be more present in the, in the moment, wherever, whatever I'm doing, whether that be sitting there having dinner with my wife, sitting there now having a great conversation with you guys, mm-hmm. or, or with the kids, or work, whatever that is, just be in that moment. Definitely, you're spot on with,
0: particularly the kids, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this, mm-hmm. watching this, so you, is the children are often the casualty yeah. of highly driven um, business owners mm. that want to build something of value. Mm. And the kids are a secondary thought. Sadly, they shouldn't be. Yeah. And, and I, I've, I've fallen into that myself. Mm. And so it's, it, it's finding those portions of time where the things are most important. Actually, business is not important. Money's not important. There's two things I've found in life that are important. One is the health and one is your um, relationships close to you. It's health and relationships. Mm. I've been poor and rich twice. (laughs) Two cycles. I've built, I've lost it twice, (laughs) and I've come back a third time. Um, And actually life was simpler when I was poorer, when I was Brassic. I can remember having to share a cup of coffee with Alex in uh, Acosta Coffee in Newbury. And we didn't have enough money between us because he was was going through a difficult time. (laughs) So was I. We didn't have enough cash between us. So we had to share a cup of coffee. We had to club together. But actually life is similar because when you've got very little money, you ain't got a lot of choices. In in fact, the stress comes when you have some money and then you've got choices and there's people wanting to relieve you of some of that cash (laughs) in all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. People pitching to you. So it's a different world. Yeah. but yeah make make time for your health and make time for relationships business comes second
2: is, 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 is there mm. is still that because th- I, 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 there is still that thing that uh, when we spoke about again about that financial gain because actually I, I, I don't want financial gain for material things I don't care what car I drive to be honest or what Clothes I wear, or I've never been a desire. That's not my thing. Um, I'd love to have more money to provide maybe a different life for, for the kids, or I'd love to. I'd love to not worry about money, because the stress of worrying about money to pay them bills, that that side of when you're robbing, especially when you're a business owner, we're in that position where we're robbing Peter to pay Paul, mm-hmm. and where that, that that stre- that stress is what gets so. If that was taken away, then I'm a... So you, it can be done. A, a good
0: friend of mine, and you, you know her, Tracy Miller. Years ago, when I was coming off the bottom of depression, Tracy said to me, to help me face my fears, what do you most, most worry about? And it was about having no money. And she said, well, what's the worst that can happen? What would you do if the clients that you, you know, the few clients that you've got disappear and you've got no money? What would you do? I said, well, I will get a van or something because you can always find the money or borrow the money. I get a van like a transit, and I would go and do house clearances. I get paid to clear someone's house because uh, I go to the obituary column. <laughs> I make friends with undertakers, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the business <laughs> I <Fine. laughs> do house clearances for a fee. Uh, yeah. yeah, so then you're collecting stuff. Some of it be rubbish some of it will be valuable sell it on ebay go to jumble sales and so she, and she said well what if you couldn't afford the rent i said what well, the van i can convert i can put it in a bunk bed <laughs> so i can sleep in the van she said right now you've faced your fear yeah you've got you don't need to end it all by committing suicide mm. you've got a plan b mm. that's the worst that can happen yeah. and And it really was helpful having someone talk me through that process. And now I don't have a fear of losing it all tomorrow. It would be different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's not the most important thing in my life, the Mm -hmm. bank balance. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is my health. Because if I I have a coronary, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the amount of money I've got in the bank account. (laughs) Um, And if I'm a lonely, wealthy person, what value is that in life? I've got no one to share it with. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm on my I don't, or I'm suspicious of people's motives for getting to know me because they want my cash. That's a horrible life. Mm. But there's people out there that mm-hmm. live that life. Yeah.
2: I don't want that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's very powerful. It? Yeah. It's very, um, certainly like, so I listen to that and I, like I say, I'm, for me, I, 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 well, we spoke about it and I've, I've shared on here a few times. Mark, if we'd had this conversation ten years ago, I am the one who's getting oh, money motivated. I want, I want money. I want to achieve this. And I, when I got to forty and I hadn't achieved my financial goal, being this time next year I'm going to be a millionaire and blah <laughs> blah. The <laughs> famous saying I've yeah. said many years took them 30, twenty odd years, didn't they, in yeah. the TV series? I'm That's still, look, I'm still looking for me watch. <laughs> i keep going in that garage, i go, Kel, it's gonna be in there somewhere. House clearances, you clear. <laughs> see? See, I'll see where you're going. I've given you that one, tip for free. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, let's go. Cool. But you do, and I remember that point, of forty. you know, what changed that narrative? That's why, that, that for me, that narrative around how we measure, because I was trying to measure my success based around financial gain, and if mm. people had looked at me and looked at my bank balance still today, I'd go, he's oh, not, not a very good businessman, he's not very successful. But then you go, I, I look at the the relationships I've built within a community, within the business community, with friends who I've still got who I've grown up with from school, f- very close to my family and a beautiful wife and two amazing kids. Wow, like that that there, but that's an amazing yeah, because be. once
0: you're six foot under, that money's gone to mm. someone else but mm. uh, the tax man initially <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah absolutely the inheritance yeah. tax yeah. but it's it's gone as soon as you go underground or you're cremated mm. it's gone what remains are your children friendship people's memories mm. of you um i do want a pyramid actually glass pyramid i I wind up the wife with it yeah Yeah. your face (laughs) neon lit so it's purple on a mountainside in albania (laughs) um it'd be be a a tourist attraction (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that drives business people particularly if they're looking at selling up is to leave a legacy Hmm. they want their business to be a legacy that comes up really quite a lot um So it's a concern to When they're meeting potential buyers for their business, they want to make sure it's in the right hands, not only for the staff, but it's the right thing to do for the legacy of the business over the next few decades, Mm. that it won't be asset-stripped or, you know, um, changed beyond recognition. So leaving a legacy is really important.
2: That's interesting.
0: Mm. Yeah, something... That's what people have... um, Leave permanent structures in rock and... And and that sort of you know and, and and gravestones and stuff they don't want to be forgotten. It, it's something about the human psyche. I don't quite understand it, but it's, it's something that you feel that you don't want it to be forgotten in life.
1: I guess we want to feel like we've made a change, um, whether that be on one day for one minute of our lives or across our business.
0: Could be working for a charity mm-hmm. where you you're, you're giving back, and I'm involved with a couple of charities, and you, it's part of the reason for living it is is to feel that you make a difference mm. you're right and, and speaking to what you've just said there it I think it's in a lot of us yeah if not all of us we want to make a difference otherwise what's the point in living yeah if you can't make a difference in this world to have an impact yeah and yeah. Like yeah. yeah yeah and I,
1: and I think i um, obviously you and I both work with with people that are selling up or back to sell mm. or in that point of success <laughs> um, do you do you sort of see? I mean, I have, I naturally feel compelled to support people who really want are looking at doing vocational work. Really, actually, saying what can I do? Use my skills that I've accumulated. Do you see more of a growth in that? Do you think there's more? Because that's quite a new thing, I think, in in the world of success and. Um, and those that have made it, mm. but I, I see, I'm very hopeful and excited to see more um, organizations, foundations, charities created that are based on a kind of core purpose or even talent or vision um, and using what you've come for. like Focus Foundation, for mm. example, someone we both really know very well. Chris Goodman has done this. He's created a foundation built on the, built on the values of his business, um, that are supporting charities now. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? If anyone's considering that, that's listening to this, and
0: definitely, definitely. I mean, it's part part of a legacy. It doesn't have to be after you die. You could be a living legacy. be not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's the real beauty mm. of it is yeah. that you. It's a living legacy. So you're involved. It may be philanthropic work. Yeah. It might be a foundation. Um, could be teaching Albanian kids from mm. a double decker bus. Yeah. one day it, one day because <laughs> <laughs> um, it isn't all about acquisition of wealth and money mm. and and there is the reward uh, involved with an orphanage over in Albania and just taking some Christmas presents there w- with the little ones up to five years of age mm. I mean that that is just as rewarding as growing a business to 15 million turnover that I did once in the past mm. wow a different sort I think of thing
1: to repeat that statement again rob i think Would that's one of those that needs to be said yeah, twice yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, giving no, christmas presents yes yeah because yeah. That y- you have you you will you've achieved what a lot of people listening to this will be aspiring to mm-hmm. um and that's such a key beautiful powerful point um for people to yeah hear.
0: no i got as much pleasure giving those gifts to yeah. the sub five-year-old orphans yeah. That yeah. they're growing a business to an eight-figure sum mm. um, yeah, well, I'd still feel as good but it's a different it comes from a different place mm.
2: that's something interesting to you around that 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 feeling of ach- achievement or doing something so when a lot of the business owners you speak to have sold, you've helped to sell or get to the, what are their feelings and mindset around that, that that, that euphoria moment? Is it the, I've achieved? So, for example, let's put in the figure fifteen million. We're going to use that as a figure. But I want to achieve fifteen, million. and you've helped them get there through sale and acquisition and etc. And you've achieved that, and that as you you know f- I've achieved fifteen million. Is there that euphoria? What's people's mindsets, feelings around that? Yeah,
0: there is no euphoria moment. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Uh, a lot of business owners go to the cash point <laughs> to see. Oh,
1: to see the number? Yeah. Ah.
0: Because selling a yeah, business okay. is period is often a year. To mm. It takes mm. a year. It's not a few months. It's not a quick fix. Mm. Um, and it just becomes entrenched in lawyers and accountants and paperwork and contracts and an average transaction. I was told by a lawyer once that uh, easily five thousand emails are exchanged between various parties because you copy people in. Yeah. There's quite a few people involved. It's laborious. Mm. The joy you once had at the outset of the project <laughs> to sell that business disappears. Um, but there isn't a euphoria. It's actually a bit of an anticlimax once you've signed all the papers, all the warranties, all of this, all of that. Um, You sit back and think, what next? It isn't, I've got a chunk of money. It isn't that at all.
2: So so what is it that still makes us strive for that? Then
0: I don't know. There's probably some psychologists listening into this that will be able to explain how the human brain is wired. Mm. I think that money is a short-term... So my own homespun psychology is money is a short-term motivator. It doesn't give long-term satisfaction at all. Which is why it shouldn't be at the top of anyone's list. Relationships and health come above money. Um, I think it's something. If there's anyone out there that's um, a, a religious person, you yeah, um, spiritual person, you know, it, um, people working is in the Bible was a very it was a good thing to do. So go back thousands and thousands of years. I think it is a. Otherwise, we just get slovenly and lazy and fat, <laughs> eating dinosaur <laughs> meat. <laughs> um, I think we need to work. I think part of our inner mm-hmm. being. You'd you probably know more than me, Joe, on this. You're more more insightful on this. Well,
1: I, I feel we need to create. It's actually about being creators, and that could be money as part of the picture, but it's creating something. Um, and and progressing, expanding um, and that might be only yeah. in your village yep. but we can still expand in our village just because we're a globally continuously connected world that doesn't mean to say that expansion needs to be global too hmm. um, but yeah I believe we need to create and, the, and listen to our heart's desires and we spoke about this before we came on, personally I believe that we all carry an, a, a, cl- a sealed envelope which has got our true purpose, our spiritual divine purpose in our pockets in, in this envelope um, and we can tap into what that is and I think mm. a lot of people haven't realised what that is um, or had the um, the kind of feeling, that the permission to open that envelope and say right, this is really what I feel I'm here to do um, and this may or may not make money um, but all, all the proof in the pudding is that if you follow that purpose, you will naturally make money, because the money will come because you're living and and in a um, an energy of truly feeling al- aligned with who you yeah. are and why you're here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the money will come as a as a reaction rather than the cause. Um, Definitely
0: agree. And even in the micro world of sales, you can detect a desperate salesperson that's got to hit their target this month. You can smell them a mile off. (laughs) I know I can. I had had an alarm guy last week, (laughs) commission only, (laughs) come to the home, need to speak to both decision makers, husband and wife, and Christina doesn't play that game at all, so she goes wandering off. But you can smell a desperate salesperson. Mm. And actually, he would have been better to have kept what I was buying anyway (laughs) and I said to him I made it really easy I'm buying (laughs) but he goes through his presentation and I could detect the desperation on a commission-only job so I I I definitely agree with you Joe if you just yourself Mm. whatever your passion and thing and you can add value to that person and, and most salespeople should listen more than they talk you can pick up so much if you're listening. <laughs> the money will come out of it because successful salespeople are relationship sellers, and mm-hmm. actually, people are buying from them; they're not being sold to. Mm. And I definitely, the money follows, but you've got to be comfortable with what you're doing, and and do it with the right authenticity and the right heart and and the right intent. Mm. The money follows. The trouble is, is we go for the money first.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and that often leads to problems.
1: Yeah. And isn't it a case of, um, in your experience, uh, that the, the money and success, is, is, is the, the belief is that that will make them feel good and fill the void that actually is, comes from a very different place and has nothing to do with the money and m- success.
0: Makes you feel good for a while. When I retired two years ago and sold up, I bought an Aston Martin. I've always wanted an, what an Aston. What colour? It's black. Oh, okay, good. With a sand sandy interior, right just like Dubai. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I'd always wanted an Aston, not that I'm James Bond. I just it just <laughs> and loved it for the first few days. Now two years down the line. Yeah, I mean it's lovely. It's lovely to look at. It's very it's a piece of art really. That's what I say to Christina. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> it's not a car. It's <laughs> art. <laughs> but that that excitement's waned. And I'm not ungrateful, it's just, it's there. And I, d- I did 1,800 miles in it last year. 1,800 miles, that was it. Okay. 650 quid for road tax yesterday. Do <laughs> <laughs> so we work yeah. out, on a, that's before you put fuel in it. So the, the, the acquisition of stuff mm. and money yeah. is short-term. Mm. It gives you a short high. Is it oh, dopamine? Sure. One of the means. Dopamine? Oh, I don't know. It's a feel good, but you don't last long. Mm. The, the the pursuit of money is a myth.
1: Well, that, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's a mistake. A, it's a mistake, and it can mm. be. It's an easy focus, isn't it? But really, what you what you're trying to do is fill a gap, or and or trying to please someone, and or trying to um, trying to kind of tidy up your your own sort of mess of what you see yourself as. Because then, if you're a success or a millionaire. I think you know sometimes those two things just get labelled together and it, um, but that yeah.
2: it's because the narrative is still that, that someone yeah, because we, we sit around a yeah. table of ten people and there's five people that are multi-millionaires we from a purely from a business point of view you look and go they're successful Yeah. whereas someone who maybe turns over £200,000 but has built loads of relationships and is a happier person got good still married and kids and all them type of things what do we value as a society yeah yeah I
0: it, this work I like thing is, is still present for me because I, I know I shared this with a, a mate of mine last week about the exotic plants I've got a, <laughs> a decent sized garden I've got all these plans I want a potter in my garden I want I like going out six o'clock in the morning with a cup of coffee watch the fish and, and tend the plants and see things grow. It's the creation bit, mm. I suppose. <laughs> My mate Chris last week said, yeah. He said, if you're doing anything, exactly, you could take cuttings. You could set up your own business. YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> eBay. Yeah. Yeah. You could have people coming Which out. done. Like <laughs> we've, we've got quite a large driveway um, shingle. We, we could get 20 cars yeah. on the plot. He, he he said it would be just like jeremy clarkson and and his farm <laughs> 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 and i immediately there was the entrepreneur in me thought oh this is fantastic and i thought the whole idea was I was supposed to be pottering and taking it a bit easier and That's slowing cool. it down and you know well, i wasn't going to create a business mm. out of it mm. but i can't help f- remembering what chris said to me last week <laughs> so it's it's hard
2: it's it, uh, well, I, it must have all heard the story I'm sure about the, the fisherman when the guy goes to him and he says oh, you, you've got the best fishing boat here. you get all the fish he said "Like, he goes if you could you know you could turn this into a big business if you, if you teach other people how to do this you could yeah. get a fleet of boats and, then you could do, and he said then, then what will I do so, then you could have all the time to do what you want to do what, what, go and fish <laughs> so, you know, exactly that and you just got what it was, a, it was such a brilliant thing because you go do you know what I'm doing the thing I love doing yeah. and I don't need a fleet and become a millionaire to do exactly what I'm doing yeah. now.
0: And let's face it, the vast majority of people on this planet are not millionaires. Yeah. Let are no multi-millionaires yeah. or billionaires. They're yeah. not. They're normal. But there
1: are, are more billionaires than ever. So there's a lot there of money. There are. Yeah. But, um, but
0: proportionally, yeah. The, 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 they're
2: just on the eye of a needle.
1: Yeah. Perhaps we just need to redefine what success means. But it's that, really that, that simple.
2: And actually, that for me is up. It's taken me and me and you spoke about it a lot but I think that and you asked me before we come on the podcast what are you trying to get that is what I'm trying it's actually I want to try and change the narrative about how we define what success is Mm, especially for our kids for exactly that so that they're not in this consumer world where they believe that them being successful is based on the financial Part,
0: part of rewriting that narrative in the business world is success in business isn't the size of your turnover or bottom line it should be are you adding value to your clients what's the impact of what you do for your clients that Mm -hmm. should be the value Mm -hmm. so loads going out to clients doing video testimonials podcasts with clients it's nothing more rewarding than hearing from a client how you've made a difference in their particular world that should be success for a business
1: and that's why when you went to Albania those five-year-olds were your clients then yes yeah so the value you gave them, yeah. um, I went out to Gambia just before my dad passed. He lived out there. And I gave t- 20 footballs, deflated, just to case, you, <laughs> um, out in my suitcase with me right. to a school. And that was probably the most successful p- time of my moment, one of the most successful moments of my life. Wow. Giving the, that 300 kids in the school and they didn't have one single football. Um, and you know, Africa gamins like football. Yeah, yeah. It's a big thing. Oh yeah, they're very good at it. Mm. And um,
0: it's the smiles on the faces. It's pure Never joy, isn't it? it? Never forget it. Yeah, me, yep. me too. It, it's pure joy, and it's simple, and it don't mm. cost much. Mm-mm. You don't no. need to be a millionaire to no. give, because it could be just your time. The most valuable resource we've got is our time.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I really agree with that. And I um I sort of do some work for a homeless shelter, Safe Haven, homeless project for men. In Brighton, and I, I see a lot within our network, Sam, mm. of money giving, and it is mm. phenomenal. I think uh, probably the most generous people I feel right now are mm. in yeah, Sussex, yeah, yeah, yeah. because so Amazing. much giving is give, is done. Um, but, but, and um, I'm going to take this moment. I, I think it's time now to to really donate time, mm. time, and what you can bring personally. And I was saying this to you earlier, Rob, wasn't I? That people in your position, and you know, you too, Sam, is, with the resources and the networks mm-hmm. y- you have an incredible value in all that you are in talent wisdom knowledge um and I, you know go back to earlier i think everyone can start a business as well as have a part time job that it pays the bills but why not create a, a an entrepreneurial surge but that is mindful and that is passionate based on change for the for the greater good that wonderful mm-hmm. saying Um, But, you know, there is a lot of a lot of huge amount of difference that can be made by Mm. you offering your time as a mentor or to teach or to go to remote parts of the world where people could set up businesses. If only they had one, you know, an an hour of wisdom from you or guidance of how to Mm. do it well and manage their their finances.
0: Don't get me wrong. um, There is an importance to money, but it's only a tool. It shouldn't be the end destination. It's yeah. just a tool to do stuff. Yeah. Um, clearly, if you've got a few quid, you can do more things. Mm. But you're right, the, 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 the valuable piece is your time. And, and yeah. sadly, in 21st century living, we've got less time. I remember being sold to by an IT salesman in the 1980s in the bank saying, once you get computers in offices, Rob, within five years, there'll be no paper. And we'll have so much leisure time, we know, won't know what to do with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a load of BS, <laughs> I was in the mid eighties. <laughs> now we've got Technology. computers on our phone. <laughs>
0: we're <laughs> we never don't the office, care. are we? You know, we, we're so connected, we're too connected sometimes. Yeah. We've lost something about people and relationship. I oh, know that with some of my younger kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they have friends online. I said, oh, so they're not real then. Okay. <laughs> dad yeah. <laughs> get with it dad yeah. <laughs> said, well, you don't meet with them you don't play football with them you don't you
2: know yeah. nah I, 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 I interview someone called Paige Collins who come on you know Paige don't yeah you? really yeah. well yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's an amazing individual and one thing that really resonated with me as we're talking about that measure of success and how you measure and they said from a business point wouldn't it be wonderful if actually the success of a business was measured on emotional profits as opposed to so mm-hmm. how well mm. you, you you work with your clients what you deliver how well you look after your staff and that was the barometer of where we measured interesting you know, I, just, I, I loved that And actually, maybe you're financially rewarded because your emotional profits are through the roof. And and the measure of a successful business was actually the impact you're having, and and how, how, yeah, measured in the emotional. And
1: even better. You know, the more emotional profit you create, the less tax you pay. Yeah, so far, until HMRC.
2: HMRC. Let's make a note until,
0: until the, the <laughs> Chancellor realizes there's, there's <laughs> a good <laughs> gain here. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: but, but, but you're right. You're right. But no, because the Chancellor will win in the end. Because the less people that are poorly and feel better about themselves, ah. that you know, I'm talking about the end game. because mm. ultimately, we all start feeling better about our lives. We were, health will be better. Because all of the, the, the undercurrent of all this conversation is that it impacts how we feel about ourselves, mm. and you know, and I, yeah. I, I often think that there's there's AA, there's DA, mm-hmm. there's all these twelve-step programs. We need CA, Cortisol Anonymous, because <laughs> right. too many people, I really mm. believe, are addicted to their cortisol. They're living mm. on stress. Yes, um, and that is something that another point. I think we've got yeah. another podcast then. For next time, <laughs> for next time,
2: I love that. <laughs> um, we're sort of we're, co- we're coming towards the end now, Bob. But I just, I, I am just keen. Just, I know we've talked a lot about this definition of success, which is amazing because it's, like I say, for me, it's the the essence, I guess, of what, what the podcast is. I'm, I'm keen to just go back to the point in Dubai and. You and love your, the Dubai, I don't you? It's just so fascinating to me. <laughs> I've got heart. a book I can give you I'm, later. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to definitely have that for you. I've got it with me. <laughs> um, your mindset around what you thought success was then—how different is that to where you are right now?
0: My first job on my first day with my bank manager, I was 18. Uh, John Sykes, my boss, my manager said to me, he took me into his office oak panelled he said Rob one thing you've got to learn in the business world this is your first day, fresh out of college is that to get on in life you need to climb the greasy pole of success And I, I, you could tell I wasn't quite taking it in, he said you've got to tread on the heads of other people to get to the top oh, it was 1982, yeah. 2nd of February 1982 John's probably dead by now. <laughs> but what he said to me lives on, and he was so wrong. Mm. But that was the conditioning. Mm. And I spent 18 years in that company that you had to get advantage over it. It was competitive, and it was the greasy pole thing that stuck with me. And that conditioned my thinking that is all about achievement. And he was so wrong. It's the reverse, actually, it's helping other people. Mm. <laughs> and you're at the base of it, lifting them up. Because now you feel that you've got a role you're helping others to achieve and that's as business owners when we take on staff particularly our role is to empower and upskill not to control and be autocratic and be king of the hill or queen of the hill mm-hmm. you know yeah we're there to lift up others but yeah so uh, I still had that mentality when I was in Dubai that is about success in life was about financial success and career progression um, but I was deconstructed a bit like the uh, SAS thing where they, they, they put you through boot camp <laughs> they <laughs> strip you <laughs> and I was stripped by life's experiences yeah. so I, 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 I'd certainly that the John Sykes thing was an, is an, uh, completely wrong it's about lifting other people up Love that because the strongest person is the person at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> people at the top I ain't got much to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's the person taking all the weight underneath. But that—that that is a reverse psychology of the company pyramid, isn't it? Because yeah. usually you yes. have the bosses at the top, and then it cascades down. Actually, you've got a reverse yeah. oh, the right. pyramid. Yeah.
2: Brilliant. I love that. Well, um, finally, what 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 does the future hold for you then? Other than. Uh, <laughs>
1: When you're not looking at the Koi car. not looking at the Koi <laughs> 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 With a cup, cup of, at of six coffee six in the morning. Yeah, what well yeah. about the rest of the day? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a really good question because I was sharing with Joe earlier. Uh, I don't know what my purpose in life is right now. For the last two years, I've been doing consultancy and coaching and helping other business owners prepare and scale up and, and exit some fundraising because mm. that's what I've done before, but I've done it. The difference is I'm picking and choosing who I'm working with. I don't have to. Mm. Uh, I don't have to work with people. But that's not what's ultimately fulfilling for me. So I've got to find my core purpose again. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't know what that looks like. Joe gave me some very helpful advice earlier. Um, She's good at that. She is, yeah, oh, she just thanks. dropped it in there. And and I think it's important Because I don't Mm. know whether I'm going to die tomorrow Or I'm going to live for the next 30 years I have no idea Mm. (laughs) So I don't know about the time scale I I do have a sense that it will involve Doing less I do like the gardening Because I'm pretty creative I'm a painter When I got the time (laughs) Um, I do like the gardening aspect I, I might compromise and do a little side business with ebay <laughs> and a youtube channel how-to videos how to grow a trachycarpus fortunei from a seedling what's out uh, for this youtube channel a pa- uh, um, it's a hardy palm
1: okay
0: yeah trachycarpus what
1: does hardy mean anyway don't, don't. yeah so it, it survives See, it's obviously needed someone asked me you know, why, do,
0: why, why do i want palm trees i said so i can put my hammock <laughs> Well, you can buy one from B&Q. You don't need a palm tree. <laughs> so I think d- definitely the gardening. Um, probably do a little sideline there. Um, I do want to travel more with my other half. Um, it will be in a few years' time. We do want to do my. I've only seen a quarter of the countries in the world. I'd like to say the other three quarters. Amazing. Um, and continue to be involved in charities i probably do a bit of personal coaching and consultancy as well because it's it's doing it's it's doing similar things but less of them so i i need a strong person to push the laptop down and that's christina so but i don't know there might be something new around the corner i haven't discovered it yet and that's exciting thing when you sell up It's finishing one chapter and starting a new one, but I don't know what that new one was. I thought I knew what it was. Mm. But two years down the line, I don't know. And like you say, that's quite an exciting place to be, I guess. It is exciting. Mm. Um, It's a little bit scary as well. Mm, Business owners often think once they've retired, the next stage in life is death. So that's why some business owners don't sell up. Mm. Because if they don't sell up, they don't retire and therefore they don't die quite yet. Yeah. So it's a weird psychology. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. It might be to do with motorcycle because I'm I'm into bikes. Fair weather biker. Quite no. like to tour round continents like America and Europe to China on motorcycle. Keep
2: me posted on that. I'm, yeah. a, I'm You're a into bikes. Motorcycle. Yeah, no. I, I used to. No. I, I used to ride. A, so when I first took over the hair salon down here, I commuted from Essex to Brighton every right. day. Right. I had my Suzuki SV 650 Sport. And I only done it actually I learned to ride out of necessity. I was never into them but I learned to do it out of necessity right. and then fell in love with it. And my my dream now if I everyone says oh, what would be the first thing you'd buy?" would probably be a Ducati and go and travel around Italy and I love Italy. That would be my thing.
0: Those things are open to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we, can, we can have anything but not everything. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> it's just choosing what you want to do, isn't yeah. it? That's freedom in life. And that's so far away from the black cloud of black mm. cloud of depression because now you're in you have some degree of control because you can choose you have options
1: And being happy not knowing isn't it isn't it part of there that there is something part? about the mystery yeah yeah just be allowing <laughs> yourself to not know yeah.
0: otherwise if it's all planned out if it's predestined what's the point yeah, yeah. you know so there is something you you're right actually joe it's mm-hmm. something about not knowing that's quite exciting yeah Amazing. Excellent. Like a first date.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Shall we leave it on that? We'll uh, good, good, <laughs> we're going to
2: finish always, as we do, with our quick fire questions. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I'm Go gonna for gonna it. Throw these ones at you. So, one piece of advice do you give to your teenage self? Ooh. Listen to other people that are older than you. <laughs> that
1: one. Who has inspired you in your career and why?
2: Hmm.
0: I would say it's a chap called Steve Barry who was my regional director in NatWest Bank. I learned a lot of sales techniques and from him and he inspired me. He he's an enig- uh, he's a charismatic character, fantastic sales guy and he was my boss. Uh, years down the line I employed him and he's still working in in evolution and he transformed the business for me which actually enabled me to to grow the business, employ an MD, and for me to exit. So,
2: Steve, definitely. Amazing.
0: He'll love hearing that if he hears this.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. we'll <We're> send him, <laughs> him a link. Can you recommend a book or podcast to our listeners that has had an impact or influence on you, other than your own book? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm being fine, actually, I would say. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, oh, it's as it's luck would have it, we seem to have a copy yeah. there. I, I,
0: I like reading Autobioph- autobiographical books, um, people's stories. Mm. I'm I'm not into fiction. I'm into people's lives. So I mean, anything from the sort of the Richard Bransons, even even uh, Dan Locke, rich dad, poor dad. Mm. I have some issues with some of the things, but actually, you can get something good out of most people's writings. But uh, no, I, anything that's someone's life and what they've what they've learned because mm. everyone has a story to tell isn't that right
1: finally what is your one rule for living a fulfilled life <laughs>
0: uh,
2: definitely plan for tomorrow but live for today
1: brilliant
2: and what a brilliant way to finish mm, definitely well, I, I listen cannot thank you enough for coming on and just being so open and it's been fun as it. it's well. been um, absolutely brilliant and inspiring and what a brilliant episode and Thank you so much, my amazing (laughs)
0: co-host for today. This hasn't felt like Spanish Inquisition at all, (laughs) (laughs) or a police interview. Hopefully,
1: not
0: anymore. No,
2: it's been no. no, Thank you for the invite. It's been fun. It's been a brilliant episode, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you, and I believe that, as they say, is a wrap. Yay! This is the Cowboy Business Talks Podcast, produced by H2 Productions.